Welcome to this week's episode of Grounded with Brandon and Craig. It is a beautiful Monday morning here in central Ohio. Chilly, but Craig, it's going to get warmer. Is it? How much? That's, that's what I hear. I fifties uh, today. Oh, yeah, maybe? Are we actually on. We're recording. We're on. Oh okay, yeah, we're. Okay, uh, I just shot out like a uh, cannonball. Yeah, you did. I was I was doing something on my phone, and all of a sudden he's like, yeah, "And welcome to grounded." You're right. It is going to be. Uh, I heard it's supposed to go up to like forty eight or something today. So that's a little. Um, what do you call it? Um, warmer. A little warmer, but, but the I, sun has been out though. The so you, sun. I haven't been able to complain too too much. No, that's made it really nice for you because I'm not complaining. Both because right. like a we're getting some natural vitamin D, and B. It I'm brings warmth and see, yeah, you're not, not complaining. complaining. Yeah, exactly. So, um, we are sitting here in, um, I would say the stream room, but for some reason we have been moved into Brandon's room. And so here we are in his office. Stream room uh, 2.0. There you go. And, uh, we're drinking some really good coffee that was given to us. And, um, the name of the coffee is it's by Black Rifle Coffee Company. Of course. Green Team. And uh, I love the graphic on there. It is awesome. There's a the tactical Sasquatch, so the tactical Squatch. Yeah, and he he's holding like a uh, like an AK or something, and he's riding a Tyrannosaurus Rex. So, is there such thing as a Sasquatch? I mean, is that real? Is that a real thing? I mean, you 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 hear you see these I've television never, shows like hunting for Sasquatch. Or, I've never seen one, but I mean, could they be out there? I mean, could they? Could they? I mean, what would you do if you actually saw one? Get his autograph. <laughs> you think he sign an X right here or whatever? <laughs> yeah. But have you seen those shows though, where they where these guys I are have. hunting for Sasquatch? I think it's bogus. and it's like it's like you you know they're like six seven episodes and you watch all of them and you don't see one sighting of a Sasquatch. So it was a big waste of time. I mean, I've never done it, but no, but I have watched Harry and the Hendersons. Well, there's that. That's years old. Pretty so. con- yeah, such a good movie. So. We have great coffee, so thank you guys for giving us the coffee. And mm-hmm. we also have we're well, I do. You well, ate, I yours. ate mine already before you got before we started. We were eating. Uh, I had one sugar cookie, and what was on that stuff? Like, what kind of icing is that? I think it's a buttercream, maybe. That is a good. Jocelyn cookie. made these, so I stole a few last night after the potluck when you weren't looking. No, I told her. I was oh, shaking. you told? Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I'm like, I'm taking cookies. She was like, So, how many more it. do you have? I, um, I think I've got two more at home. Oh, you should have brought those. Maybe. Okay. I told my wife before I left, I said, hey, there's sugar cookies out here. So she might be, she might have mm-hmm. taken them. So speaking of last night, the potluck, we had a really good, uh, time last night. It was um, really good. I thought every, it, it's like one of those things. Everybody who was there had a wonderful time. I mean, there was laughter. There was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody was great waiting to go through the line because we had over a hundred people trying to get through the line and, um, just, uh, people were calling out the table names. It was, it was just a really good night. I mean, it was one of those nights where, um, I know we were at church, but, um, it was just a really good time of just like a fellowship. It wasn't like a, it didn't feel like a church event though. No, not at all. And that's what I told Allie last night. You know, we were kind of talking and, and I'm like, you know, that, what we did last night um, was—I I just think—I think it was really important. Um, but I'm trying to pull something up here. Um, but that right there is—it it just reminds me of you know what you read in in Acts chapter two, right? You know, and and that you know it talks about that the you know the people were were eating together and they were just fellowshipping together and and they were sharing what they had with each other. Sharing what they had with each other, the spread of was, food. We could have fed um, Richwood and half of Delaware with what was in that kitchen last night. I, I mean, I've never seen so much food in my life. It's crazy. L- literally, I've never seen so much food. It was crazy. Yeah. And a variety of just really good food. I mean, we have some good cooks here. We do. There's no doubt about it. This church can, this church knows how to cook. I mean, I've been in a lot of potlucks, but this one was good. And you're right about that. The, yeah. 
And I think we miss the point sometimes. Um, churches have, I think we've lost the, the, the whole total look of what the church of Jesus Christ is supposed to be. Right. And we forget that yes, they were, they were going into their world and they were mm-hmm. preaching the gospel Absolutely. and all that. Um, but we've almost made going into the world and preaching a gospel as like a program. Right. Am I wrong? Well, that's because what... we're, pro- we program handing out water bottles or pr- program doing this or program doing that. But really when you're to go into the world, you, you, it's a me, personal thing. I have to go into my world and do that. So you go to your job, you go to your school, mm-hmm. you go wherever you are. It's like, yeah, it's easy to move in a mass. Right. But and yeah, we can do that at times. Absolutely. But that's 100%. not really, that's not really, that, that's more of a program. And, and I, I don't know if it's because I'm getting older and I've watched all these like certain things that we've done as a church, um, and churches throughout my uh, life right. of, you know, handing out water bottles, doing this, doing that. But I don't know if this is the right word or not because, um, but, when I look at that, I'm looking, how many people have we actually touched or how many people have we actually saved? How many people have we actually got connected right. to Jesus because we handed a water bottle off? We went to the park and we had an Easter egg hunt or we right. did a trunk or treat. What is it just to do something to make right. us feel good? Yeah. Or are we actually doing it in the name of Jesus Christ? So, um, and that's not to say that those things can't have an impact. They 100%, can. 100%. Absolutely. They actually can. Um, but I'm like saying, what's the, we have to like, Ask the question, what's the purpose of why we're doing this? Yeah, no, and I think you're absolutely spot on. I've been thinking about that a lot, too, of – I don't know the best way to describe it maybe is just institutionally, you know, kind of looking at it from the lens of the American church and what we've created church to be, of, you know, the church as an institution, the church as a – just a – what's the word I'm looking for? Not an institution, but a almost like a company, like exactly. like, a, like it's a corporation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, institutions. And and, and so you know, yeah, looking at it institutionally, like the church, aka right. us, the staff people, right. have to facilitate these events. But right. you're you're absolutely right. That's not what you know. If we dig into the Bible and we look at it, you know, God's calling us to go out into our places of employment, to our our kids' sporting events, where wherever we're at, to take the gospel into. Our world exactly um, not for the the church and I think there like we said there are places and there are times for events one hundred percent to do that too but we can't expect it to just be on the church you know that's kind of an easy cop out because it's it is our responsibility exactly to do that because you know people people will be like well we don't do this or we're not doing this but what are you doing. Right. What, what what are you actually personally doing that you're reaching out or you're going into the world or you're, you're doing outreach on your own? Because that's really what you're supposed to be doing. Correct. And, um, but another aspect that we don't do as a church is because of the, the time and the culture and the world that we live in is that we don't really spend time together mm-hmm. other at then church. Yes. And maybe a little bit down in the Connections Cafe or whatever church you go to. Right. And it's kind of like we're so much on the run because it's like we have to get to, get to church. Thing. We got to get the kids to ball practice. We got to do this. We got to be here at six o'clock. And right. so we're always thinking. And um, so there's an aspect that you've already mentioned that the first church did what? They met daily and they... Mm-hmm. Um, met in their homes, yep. and they fellowshiped. They broke bread. They prayed together. Yep. So, are we doing that? Right. Literally, are we doing yeah. that? I'm asking the question. Yeah. Acts. Yeah. Acts two forty two. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to the fellowship, and to sharing meals, including the Lord's supper, and to prayer. And I love this. A deep sense of awe came over all of them. And then it talks about you know what else that they did. Um, it says on down in 44, all the believers met together in one place and they shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while, and this is the kicker, I've mentioned this in my sermon a few weeks ago, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. And and so their their obedience to God did add to their fellowship those who were exactly. not just adding numbers but those who were being saved. And this discussion came because we had a potluck last night. It is, I yeah, it was good. So, but here's the thing about that: you're you're 100 right. And so as I as I got as I've get as I'm getting older, and especially over the last several months, you are getting um, older. I am, and so you are you too, because a lot of people think you and I look alike. I that think, was told to us. 
last night. Asked us, I had somebody ask if we were brothers. Yeah, so so I think you're getting younger, and I think you're getting older. So, but uh, <laughs> anyway, but I don't think we sound alike. Not at all. Sue, let us know. Do we sound alike? <laughs> so when you when you look at, and I think it's because I'm getting older to think that you know what is what does God want us to do? Does He want us just wearing ourselves out over one activity after another to make it to where it looks like oh we do all these great things we hand this out we give this out we're doing this we're doing that but what are we actually doing? Right? Are we wearing ourselves out or are we actually? Connecting people to what needs to be connected to Jesus Christ, where they're finding hope. Now we might, like you said, mm-hmm. some of those things are Absolutely. really good. But um, but also, what are we doing? Are we spending time together? Are we talking with each other? Are we right. fellowshipping? Right. Are we, uh, because a lot of times when we get together, we kind of like to talk about things we don't like, especially about church or right. jobs or whatever. Right. But last night, none of that was awesome. Yeah. I mean, people were happy. They were smiling. They were eating. Even the were... people that didn't get to go through the line early, exactly. And we had you know, we had an unruly table of of younger people. They were pounding on the table. It was actually fun. When, when when I say younger people, I think it was. Um, I think the gang leaders there were my wife and Terry Klein. So yeah, but then they had a bunch of younger people then. But yeah, exactly. they were the banging on the table like we want to go. Yeah, we want table the, whatever yeah, they yeah. were. I think they were. Yellow. But uh, but um, thank you to you too last night because you uh, you smoked the um, pork, which mm-hmm. was really awesome. And um, if you guys missed it last night, you missed Brandon's cake. He had a possum cake, and I'm telling you, this thing looked like a possum. If you did not get to see it, shoot me a message, and I will send you a picture. I took pretty uh, plenty of pictures of it, so. So that but, was a labor of love. Uh, I was anytime possums involved, it's love. I was ready for bed last night because when we got home, I had it. Thankfully, I had started it the night before. I'd baked the cakes and and put them in the freezer, and that way they'd be easier. So I started carving out the body of this possum, and and that's my thing. Like like uh, again, kudos to um uh, to Jocelyn for you know her cookies that she made and and whatnot. You know, Jocelyn and and does she's a great baker. Does a lot with you know cakes and stuff she's a little more technical than i am like she she does the fancy stuff yeah if you you know challenge me to like recreate that moose head above your head but in a cake like i'm like game on like that's my kind of cake i like the fun like let's let's like ace of cakes like buddy versus duff yeah duff hit here and um but yeah so that was fun it was a lot of people enjoyed that so yes shoot me a message i'll send you a picture of the possum well, uh, yeah, it, it was good, and it, it it got a lot of attention last night. Nobody wanted to cut it. You finally, I finally cut, cut it. it. I was like, some, so, I'm not taking this home with me. And Cindy Brown got the first piece. Am I she right? She did. She she got the butt end of it. There you and, go. And a little bit of the tail. <laughs> had to give her some of the tail because she needed some of those possum chips. Yeah, there's nothing greater than possum chips from the tail, but anyway, especially when it's made out of fondant. Exactly. But a big thank you to people at Connections Cafe yes. because uh, I know Sue uh, um, Federer wasn't there last mm-hmm. night because she was sick. But thank you for all the work you put in on yes. this. I know you and Wyatt and Alma Beal. Mm-hmm. Vaughn was there and Elizabeth Carter and just everybody who yeah. helped out with that last mm-hmm. night and getting that set up and walking into that gym and seeing that whole setup. That was awesome last night. Yeah, it was night. really good. Uh, thank you guys all to everybody who actually came and um, you get the food that you made. It was it was fabulous. So um, much food. So good. And uh, then we played a few games and uh, they got to want to, you know, you got to win some gift cards mm-hmm. or, or whatever. That was fun. And um, it was just a good night. It, it was. was really you know what? You, you mentioned all the food. You know what it reminded me of as we were walking around? It reminded me of the Grinch, you know, at the very end where they're sitting around that t- and that how that table is so long and there's food like all down <laughs> yeah. that table. That's what it reminded me of. <laughs> so does that make me the Grinch since I cut the possum? I, I carved the roast right. beast. <laughs> I carved the cake beast. Oh my gosh! But it was so good though last night. I, I was really, uh, I was really happy to see everybody there, and it was, it was just fun to be there, and a really good spirit. So thank you guys who showed up and just made a great night last night. And yes. if, you, if you missed it, you missed it. Sorry, you missed. Maybe it. Maybe we'll do it again. And maybe we'll do it again. So yeah. hopefully we'll put something later on in the spring. Yeah, exactly. So, but um, so what else is going on? Well, you know what? Let's just. Do we have to? We, we've talked about the moose in the room. Let's talk about the elephant in the room. So, uh. So this guy comes up to me last week. And. This is, we went to dinner on, on Saturday. Friday. Friday. Were you wearing them Friday? I was wearing them Friday. That's the first We're day I got Walking into them. the restaurant. And he's like, what do you think of my shoes? And I was like, um. Oh, no, here's what I said. I said, my, okay, I said, ahead. my daughter, I said, Jordan, 
um, doesn't like my new shoes. And you looked down and said, I concur. I concur. I don't like them either. <laughs> They're a combination between house slippers, Gilligan Island shoes, and a loafer, and um, a flip-flop. That is probably the most accurate description I've It's like the I've most heard. disgusting shoe I've ever seen, and it's called Copas? Ufos. Doofus. How do you spell that? D. That's what you and Jordan call them. Doofus. Jordan told me yesterday, she said, they're wearing on me. She said, I don't mind them as much now. Yeah, it's like a brainwashing. It's like the North Carolina thing with your kids. It's Her- a brainwashing. So, hey, do you guys like my doofus shoes? Ufos. So they're recovery shoes. You, you know, for, for somebody who doesn't run like I do, you wouldn't understand. Uh, okay, yeah. The way these things hug your feet, and they, and they are made to to recover and to to support your feet and, and whatnot. Like okay. I've got two pair of hay okay. dudes. Again, y'all know Brandon's feet gets more tension than anybody's on yeah. the planet. Yeah, he's got he soaks them, he rubs them, he paints the toenails, he has shoes to. Um, massage them when he's not having them in a bath somewhere. Um, I, dude, I kind you of, should be on the real Kardashian show. This would be a great episode. The Kardashians and the, and Brandon. I kind of maybe <laughs> do all of that except for paint them. Oh, come on. I don't you paint, paint them, them, don't you? Sure don't. I bet you, you don't use the acrylic stuff. No. Now after I run my half marathons, it looked like I painted them with <laughs> okay. the bruising and all that fun stuff, but. So yeah, um, they're not growing on me like they are Jordan. But, oh come uh, on, you need a pair. Yeah, they make recovery slides too. Do you like slides? What is a slide? Like a sandal, but with the like not a flip flop, but like a sandal. Uh, they're comfortable, like the the sole in them. Yeah, it's like you're walking on a cloud. I have a pair of Earth sandals. Do you know what those are? Mm-mm. Okay, so you buy, you buy those like. 30 years ago. Okay. So I bought these literally, and I think in 1992, and I still have them. And, um, I'll wear them. And they're, they're just beat, beat up. And, um, I took them camping last year. Mm-hmm. So I was wearing them outside my, and I, I can't remember if it was my daughter or Dustin. I can't remember which one was like, um, don't you think it's about time to get rid of those? And I was like, no, they're still wearing those. So that's the only sandals I got, but I bought them like 35 years ago. So you need some recovery shoes? Really? Yeah. From like Doofus? Oh yeah, you'd love them. Uh, Hoka makes a really good pair too. I like the name. Hoka? Doofus. Or Doofus? Yeah. yeah. I like the name. You should make your own pair. So, um, yeah, yeah. So if you guys haven't seen his shoes, make sure you ask him for, he'll, I'm sure he'll send you a picture. I don't have a picture. I bet you'll take, I bet you can take one. But yeah, if somebody wants to see him, I'll send you a picture. I don't care. Yeah. So, um, Good day all way day. All way it was. It was a good way. day. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about it here shortly. But um, yeah, Soft Heart, we kind of stripped down the music a little bit. It wasn't as... You guys did a good job. Thank and you. You guys were staggered, too. Like we were Scott, staggered. It was, yep. yeah. it was like the... Um, it was like, it's like the how many bars? No, evil, no evil. It's like <laughs> well, I was thinking like the the cell phone bars. Yeah, you know, it was like yeah, t- towered, exactly. stair step down. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, it was a good day yesterday. So. Um, from the start to the very end, you know, last night. It was. So, um, if you weren't here, I know we had people traveling, people gone, mm-hmm. people sick. So, uh, yeah. good day. And, um, before we get into that, what else is going on with you? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think really anything. Usually you got you? so many things going on. No, not, I mean, we, we've got a stretch of Vex Robotics on Saturdays. We had one this past Saturday. So we were up in, uh, uh, Northern Ohio near Akron, I think. Okay. I don't know. I just drove and followed my GPS, but, um, Brookside is where that was. Um, this past weekend, um, they did a really good job though. So we got out of there earlier than what the schedule was. That's good. And then, uh, this weekend we're somewhere again. And then the following weekend, um, is a pretty big weekend for us because my wife's birthday is on February 15th. Woohoo. So that's a Thursday, I think. And Kennedy's birthday is on the 17th. Woohoo. And she's going to be seven. Wow. Crazy to think. And, um, but we also have a robotics competition that day. That's down in Plain City. Um, Kennedy's invited to a birthday party. So we got to figure out all the logistics of, of that stuff. I think my parents may be up that weekend. Like it's really, it's going to be full. So, so Willie and. William Loretta, Dolly. Loretta, yeah. Yeah. Dolly. Whoever. I say, I called her Dottie. I was like, (laughs) 
Yeah. She's like, no. That's funny. <laughs> so, no, nothing nothing crazy. Um, you know, Easter's right around the corner. Hey, I did hear something, though. The groundhog. The groundhog. We got... Punxsutawney Phil yeah. did not see his shadow. The prognosticator of prognosticator, oh the gosh. seer of all seers, did not see his shadow. That sounds familiar. You must have been watching that movie. <laughs> well, no, they actually do that. No, they still don't. they do. do they yep. really? Uh-huh. You go watch it. They do that. But I, um, I Allie... did watch the bloopers where they've actually dropped him. What? Yeah. It's on YouTube. You have to do it where they pulled him out and he got squirrely and he, he got dropped or he's act, the one guy acts like he's listening to him and he bites his ear. Oh yeah. It's hilarious. It's like, that's awesome. Tony Phil bloopers. I'm going to have to pull that yeah, up. It's but, of, it's uh, but no, we actually did after we had dinner. Um, we Which stuffed our fabulous, stuffed ourselves with steak from Longhorns. Oh, it was so good. Um, and then we went home and Allie and I watched Groundhog Day. That's fun. She she's never been able to stay awake through the whole thing. Did like she make it? She made it. Really? She made it to the end. Good for her. So that was my stomach. Was it? That was a weird noise, thought, wasn't it? I thought some woman was out in the hallway. No, that was, <laughs> that was my stomach. It, it was asking for. I was I listening more to cookies. it. It was more <laughs> right. wanting more cookies. Um. So, but yeah, that we we did watch that. But yeah, so hopefully, I mean, the truth is, is that we really haven't ha- had a harsh winter. No, we haven't. I mean, it's been, we've had a lot of days where it's gray and cloudy. I mean, it got cold for about what a week. A week, um, but uh, hopefully, early spring we're have more stink bugs and ticks. And you are uh, correct. Uh, what else? Praying mantises running around them, which means we need to make sure that the uh, possums live. Well, because possums take care of the tick so population. I know, and when they have like a whole, when they're on a tick buffet, that's when the eating's really good. A tick buffet. <laughs> you should see his face. He's like, I am disgusted right now. Mm. <laughs> oh my goodness. So yesterday we, uh, what was that? Week five of our series? I don't know I anymore. Week five, week five of our series. And, um, it's hard to believe we're, um, we're, you know, pretty much halfway through this. Yeah. And, um, but we, uh, we talked yesterday about having a soft heart toward the things of God. And, and I started off yesterday just kind of talking about that the world is hard. The culture's hard. We're hard. Yeah. And, um, we're, we're, we, we're so harsh in, in, in what we do. And the, and the world is harsh in their, in their responses. And even that's bled over into the Christ, into the church and to other Christians where we're harsh with one another. I mean, we're not even nice to each other. So right. our hearts are so hardened against not just the things of God, but, but also, um, each other. And, um, so first John chapter five, verse 21, it says, dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. And I mean, would you agree there's so many things that take mm. the place of God in our hearts? Like We act like it doesn't, but it really does. Exactly. Whatever gets more attention has taken the place 100%. of God in your heart. Am I yeah. right? Yes. Yep. So, I mean, you can stack it up however you want it, but whatever gets the most attention in your life, that's what that's your it. God yep. is. So um, Jackie Pullinger um, had a quote, and I absolutely loved it. And it was good. She said, God wants us to, God wants us to have soft hearts and hard feet. The trouble is with so many of us is that we have hard hearts and soft feet. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good quote. Yeah. Because she's right. I mean, a lot of us have very hard hearts, but we got thin skin and, um, it needs to be the, the other way around. And so we, we can't allow anything to take the place of God in our hearts. And I mean, in, in the culture, it's easy to get sidetracked. I mean, Think about it. Yeah. There's so many things to to pull to pull us aside, and, mm-hmm. um, and it could be a relationship, it can be a television, it can be movies, it can be an addiction, it can be unforgiveness, it can be pride, it can be yep. emotions, it can be your feelings, worry, anxieties. I mean, whatever. And if we're not careful, you and I can get drawn away. Exactly, and I think it. that's a great reminder: is that we have to be there for each other, to encourage each other in this area, to hold each other accountable in this area. You read from Hebrews 3, 13 through 15, it says, and I love this first line, you know, and it's so easy. I've been convicted of that. Um, Just the more I read the Bible is that, you know, some verses that we kind of read, like we we really miss the truth. Mm -hmm. I think it'd be important just to take like, you know, five or six verses. That was my stomach. That was your stomach. Exactly. 
more more cookies, please. Exactly. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think it'd be important just, man, to take five or six verses or to read through a chapter like the entire week. Right. And every single day go back through that chapter or go through that five or six verses because, you know, there have been times where I've been reading. It's like I don't even rem- remember catching that like that before. That's a very good uh, thing. And do you know who actually – did you know this? Um, I was just reading something a couple weeks ago. C.S. Lewis did that. Did he? Did you know that? He did not. He would take a passage of scripture and he would – Just kind of mull it over. For – Sometimes 10 days. Wow. And he would continue to read it and continue to read it until he actually knew it and allowed where he said he could see the words in his mind as he was going through it. That's actually a pretty yeah. good idea. See, you and C.S. Lewis are right. Me and C.S. Well, we... Can you make possum cake and can you do all these great things? Um, Willie's right. You are amazing. Oh, goodness. But anyway, so this first line here <laughs> um, in Hebrews three thirteen through 15 kind of really just stuck out to me as I was rereading it. It says, you must warn each other every day while it is still still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin Ooh, that's good. and hardened against God. And so I love that reminder of, hey, it's your responsibility mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to help hold each other accountable. Exactly. And he goes on in verse 14. For if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when, as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. Remember what it says today. When you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. That's huge right there. Don't harden your hearts when you hear his voice. And so that can be anything, right? Yes. It can yeah. be, hey, you need to forgive. You need to let go. Right. You need to, you need to, you need to do your life differently. So we can harden our heart against the thing of God. So I ask a question. How do we keep our hearts from hardening against God and the things of God? Yeah. Cause this is, this is hard. It I'm going to be honest with you. It's it hard. It's hard not to have your heart hardened at mm-hmm. times. So, um, and so what I did is I took the word heart. And I broke it down, and you know, H-E-R-T. look at you, yeah, made was, a little acronym. Yeah, how about that? Did that did that help you? It did. Okay, perfect. So um, the first letter is H, and so humility. that stood for humility to accept God's word as absolute truth. And you know what? You do need to be humble enough to, mm-hmm. to say, you know what? God's word is the final thing in my life. So. Yeah. James chapter four, verses six and seven says he gives grace, grace generously. And as the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Mm. So humble yourselves before God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Wow. That's huge. That's huge. So I think the thing that I think I always have to remind myself is that a proud heart and a prideful spirit is a closed door to God. Mm hmm. God is not getting in if I've got a hardened heart or if I've got a, a closed off spirit. And so, and I think that's one of the things, and I brought this up yesterday just briefly. I didn't spend much time on it. Is that's one of the things that makes June Pride Month so pitiful and wretched. Right. Is that that goes totally against what God is saying, not only with what God has claimed as this is already a sin, but you're prideful about it and you're arrogant about it. Exactly. And, and let's not even just talk about that. Let's talk about us as Christians. We can yeah. have, we can have a prideful mm-hmm. spirit saying, you know what? I'm not going to forgive you or I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to yep. do this because, uh, I just don't want to do it. And so that is pride. Exactly. Um, in our life. So, um, you know, you have to, we have to get to the point where we just allow God to to work in us. So I, I said this yesterday. I was like, have you ever said or have you ever had anybody say, well, that's just the way I am? Right. Have you ever said that? I have. You know, that's just the way but I that, am. But that's a cop out, too. And you know what that like, also yeah, that's is? That's an excuse. That's a statement of pride. It is. Absolutely. That's a statement of pride because you're actually you're thinking saying, that it's okay to be that way. Exactly. And you're not going to change. For no matter, no, nobody, and even God. Right. So, you know what? That's just the, the way I am. But right. here's the thing I think that we always need to, to realize, and tell me if I'm wrong. We always need to change. Mm-hmm. I need to change. Do you need to change? Yes. I need to change every single day. And so I need to be different than what I was a week ago. Right. Um, if I'm still fighting the same battle that I did mm-hmm. two years ago, well, there's an issue. Right. And is, is it, is it me? Well, it has to be me because God's word is truth. God's word brings promises. So if I'm still fighting the same feelings and mm-hmm. emotions and all those things, well, maybe it's the pride in my life right. that I'm not accepting and humble enough to accept God for what he wants me to do mm-hmm. um, in my life. Um, Mark 7, 2023. This is good. And a great reminder is that, you know, our... Our words, our actions, the things we do, the things that we say, it all comes from 
from here. It all comes from our heart, exactly. what's inside of us. He says, starting in verse 20, it is what comes from inside that defiles you. For from within, out of a person's heart, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these vile things come from within. They are what defile you. All these vile things, pride. Mm-hmm. Think about all that list of that. That's a, that's a, they're calling those things vile. I mean, yeah. that is just, that's not a thing you want to spend your time on. So if you have a hard heart, your life is like that. That's a vile thing. Right. Right? Yep. That's vile. Yep. You know, I, I mean, I know that we've all said, you know, I can't change this thing about me. This is just who I am, blah, 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 blah. But I believe that God is telling every single one of us, including myself, you need to change this. Mm-hmm. You, you, you do need to do things differently because maybe the thing you need to change is the thing that's holding you back. Right. What you where God wants you to be. What if <laughs> when Paul was met on the road to Damascus by Jesus himself Gosh. was blinded? And Jesus is pretty much like, hey, you, why are you persecuting me? Paul would have been like, oh, it just, it is who I am. This is what, what I'm wired. It's the way I'm wired. And even with the blindness, Paul doesn't change. What would have happened? Oh, well, for one, half the New Testament wouldn't have been written. Exactly. Um, and wouldn't have been planting churches nope. <laughs> here, there, and everywhere. And I wonder what God would have done. Exactly. Yeah. And so we are called to change, and that's what sometimes, sometimes change is, is easy. Yep. But a lot of times it's, it's not, you know, we were talking, talking earlier about just how change hurts and, oh, and yeah. how growing hurts. And, you know, I, I was, have been thinking a lot about that lately, been listening to podcasts about running and stuff. And, you know, sometimes I wake up and I don't want to go run. I ran 10 miles Friday in Marysville, and and it was at a super slow pace for me. I was frustrated at that, Uh, but I was trying to keep it slow for a purpose. Right. But what was more frustrating is how much it hurt. Like, it it didn't feel feel awful, but it didn't feel great. But I know that because of that, that adds more to my foundation. Right. And and it's going to be more growth for me as as I'm continuing to build um, that foundation of of um, you know endurance right. and and my aerobic endurance and all of that stuff. Sometimes it just sometimes growth sucks. It right. just does, and, and it the, hurts. The beauty of that is is that you got those sweet doofus shoes. So I do. So now really now good. my feet feel better exactly. after that ten mile so run. He's working at me like okay <laughs> doofus. <laughs> You know, I hope people yeah. from UFOs don't listen to this. They may sue you. For, you think? Uh, probably not. No, I don't think so. I don't think they're going to care. Probably not. They might use it to be like, hey, that is a good name for a shoe. Exactly. Flight. Come buy our Dufus, Dufos Ufos. <laughs> but the thing we have to remember that God is in direct opposition to pride. I right. mean, he, it, it, it's not even in his vocabulary at this point. Proverbs twenty nine twenty three said pride um, ends in humiliation while humility brings honor. Mm-hmm. That's plain spoken. Yeah, Proverbs sixteen seventeen through 19 says, The path of the virtuous leads away from evil. Whoever follows that path is safe. Pride goes before destruction and a hot and haughtiness before a fall. Better to live humbly with the poor than to share plunder with the proud. Um, I ran across this quote. From C.J. Mahaney, never really ever heard of him. Me neither. But um, got to searching him out. I thought, well, this is a pretty straight up dude here. But here's what he said. He said, humility is honestly assessing ourselves in the light of God's holiness and our sinfulness. Think about that. That is a fabulous quote. Um, mm. Humility. That's what we need. Yeah. We need a humble heart. To assess where we're at in the light of God's holiness, that I'm not holy, but God is, so my sinfulness right. is going to be shown. And when my when my sinfulness is shown, what happens then? God's going to show me what I need to do to change. Am I right? Exactly. So that's what we're talking about. Right. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, I love the the Greg Laurie quote right along those lines. He will show us what we need to do to change. We just have to be obedient. Exactly. And we have to be humble enough to listen to him. Greg Laurie said, the simplest but hardest prayer you will ever pray is, God Keep speaking to me. God, keep convicting me. God, keep me humble. God, stop me from walking in pride. That's really good. Mm-hmm. I really like that. And so that's H. And so we go to E, and it's um, eradicate unforgiveness. Yeah. Now, I'm going to just tell you straight up. 
this is the hardest thing you're ever going to do is getting rid of the unforgiveness. Because if you don't, you're going to be a better person. And I can't tell you how many Christians do not get rid of unforgiveness. They just won't forgive. They refuse to do it. And I'm telling you, they're prideful. Mm -hmm. And I don't care how you stack it. They're prideful. Mark 11, 25, when you are praying... First, forgive anyone that you're holding a grudge against so that your Father in Heaven will forgive your sins, too. And, um, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I want all my sins forgiven. That's very convicting, yeah. Right? Yeah. Ephesians, and, go ahead. And, no, no, go ahead. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. And I think I and I think what happens is is that we get to a certain point in our life where people and I mean I don't know if you've ever thought this but I have mm-hmm. you don't know you don't understand what has happened you don't understand what they've done to me you don't you don't know what they said about me right and um, and what we're doing there is justifying it exactly and 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 it's prideful because you're holding on to something that God wants you to let go of but um here's the thing I don't know what's been done to you, and you don't know what's been done to me. Right. But I, I said yesterday, isn't God bigger than what's been said or done to us? Right. And so that that's the main point here, because I need God's forgiveness, and so do you. And no matter what somebody's done to me, I am to to forgive them. I know it's not going to be easy, but um, that has to happen. So I think I said yesterday, you know, people have wronged me, I've wronged people, but I have to forgive. Right. People have wronged you. You've wronged people, but yet you have to forgive. And if you hold on to unforgiveness, it's pride. Yeah. It's just pride straight up. Exactly. How about Tony Evans? That's a good one. You want me to read it? Yeah, go for it. He said, if you refuse to forgive, if you refuse to let go, then there is no way you can hold on to God. Refusing to forgive and letting go will take you away from God. So if you forgive, you're going moving closer to God. Exactly. If you don't forgive, you're moving, uh, you're moving away from God. So then the story is, um, and I love this, um, Matthew 18, 21 mm. to 22, Peter came to him, which is Jesus, and asked, Lord, how, how often should I forgive somebody who sins against me? Seven times? And Jesus says, no, not seven times, but 70 times seven. Now, if you look at some Bible scholars, they're saying that's open-ended. That's like, you need to forgive no matter what. It it never shuts down. So, and I agree with that. Right. I agree with that a hundred percent. So then I didn't read it, but I just told the parable about right. the, you know the the guy that owned the king, you know, million dollars or whatever, and the guy begged for his life, and then um, the king said he would forgive him and forgive his debt. The guy who just got his debt forgiven finds somebody who owes him what a thousand dollars or something, and tells the man he needs to pay up but the man says he can't beg and can he ask for a little bit more time but the man says no and he has him thrown into prison exactly. until he can pay for the debt and so when the king hears about that the king is absolutely furious so in matthew 18 32 through 35 it says then the king called the man that he had forgiven and said you evil servant i forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me shouldn't you've had mercy on your fellow servant just as i had on you then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he could pay his entire debt. And this is what I, what we need to hear. That's why my, that's what my heavenly father will do to you. If you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Those are Jesus's words. And so look, here's the thing. I've had people do things to me and I've had people say things. I've had people lie about me just over the last several months mm-hmm. and say things that are not true. And so the hardest thing for me to do is to forgive, but yet I have to because I want God to forgive exactly. me of my sins. So, and I will tell you, it's free when you mm-hmm. do forgive yeah. because it totally changes the perspective of, um, of your life. So the question is, are you willing to forgive? Exactly. Are you willing to do this? Yeah. I was sitting there yesterday and, um, just as you were talking about this, it just kind of brought back this podcast I listened to on Friday morning. Yeah. I, hour and 46 minute run you know i had plenty of time to to listen to to some stuff so i was listening to a uh um, a podcast by nick bear and he's a guy that i follow um he's christian owns bear performance nutrition um and he he's a big runner kind of calls himself a hybrid athlete like the dude is jacked like he's got muscles um for days but um but anyway so he had this this guy on named joe greer he's a photographer um, but Joe begins talking about his his upbringing, his life, and when he was four years old, his mom got in a um, car accident. Yeah, 
and uh, was pretty much a vegetable for the next two years. Um, and it was, it was, it was a, a tough situation. Um, to make a long story short, she passed away when he was six and, um, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't her fault. Um, so, um, he ended up being adopted by his, um, aunt and uncle, moved to Florida with them. And, um, they had like four kids of their own, brothers and sisters uh, of Joe. Okay. And, uh, they, uh, he, he kind of lived his life. Uh, when he was 12 years old, his older brother, um, aka his cousin, pretty much they were somewhere doing something. He was like, Hey, did you know that when you turn 18, you've got like a couple million dollar, like settlement from your mom's, um, from your mom's car accident. He's like, ah, yeah, whatever. Like he just kind of blew it off. He yeah, was 12, he's yeah. 12 years old. I mean, that's not really the thing you're thinking <laughs> yeah. about when you're 12 years right. old and didn't really think about it much more. He was like, I was just thinking about how I was going to ask, you know, Sally out on a date after school or whatnot <laughs> at 12 years old. He was like, um, so anyways, he goes on and he goes to college. Um, he was actually pursuing ministry, um, goes to college and, um, went to Liberty university um, went to um, a couple other places, but um, after the first year of college, he um, had to come home because his parents, his aunt and uncle, couldn't pay for him to go. Um, anyways, come to find out, um, his grandmother called him, who he'd been estranged from since his mother's death. Okay. Um, they they shut her out, and this was his mom's mom, um, also his aunt's mom, and they pretty much had told him his whole life, your grandmother's um, evil. She's not good for you. You need to stay away from her. Don't talk to her. They were very, um, very they were very controlling parents. Wow. And um, she she calls him out of the blue, and he's like twenty two at this point. And she's like, "Hey, how are you doing? Did you get your money?" And uh, and all of a sudden, he's she's like, he's like, no. And they're talking back and forth, and she's like, "Well, did you sign anything like with a lawyer?" And he's like, no. And then he's like, I'm starting to put the pieces together. And he's like, wait a minute. When I was in high school, he was at, I was 18. Um, we went to the bank a couple of different times and signed some paperwork. And I asked my parents what this was about. And they said, oh, it's for you to get, for us to get money for you to be able to go to college. Um, right after that, he, he goes to college. His, his parents, aunt and uncle, um, buy a flower shop, new business with cash, buys equipment, for his dad's business with cash, buys a new house on 10 acres in Florida with cash, and um, it, it all started clicking to him that they stole that money from him. Oh, my goodness. Pulled the rug out from under him. And he goes on to talk about um, finally having the nerve to go and confront his mom. Mm -hmm. And she um, she admitted to it, but pretty much justified it and said, well, we were doing what was best for you. You know, it's not fair for you to be treated like a prince when your brother, other brothers and sisters are blah, 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 blah. Oh my. Like didn't feel any remorse, no regret. And, um, so he kind of processed things over the next few months, but came to the realization, um, that he needed to forgive them mm. and, um, reached back out and, and has forgiven them completely hundred percent. Never tried taking them to court, never tried to get the money back. Um, wow. or anything like that. It has a, a, a decent working relationship with his mom, um, now, but his, his wow. dad, his uncle still won't talk to him. Oh, wow. Um, but I was listening to that and thinking, my goodness, if that guy can forgive after what was done to him, right? I should be able to forgive people who wronged me. Exactly. Cause I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody's pretty much stolen $2 million from me. If they do, I want to know about it because yeah, I, I, I will take them to court. Million, but, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> that that actually uh, tells me a lot about you now since you have $2 million that might be stolen. Would you even miss $2 million if it was stolen from you? I would. I mean, you're like you're like uh, Elon Musk, aren't you? Oh, yeah. You know it. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> you're like, I need to forgive you now. <laughs> I do. I do. I, yes. But you're right. You're, you're right 100% because we just have to um, – I, I, all of us have had some terrible things happen to us and we got to have, have, um, you know, trust God enough mm -hmm. to, that he's got this because what we like to do is we like to enact the revenge part or right. getting even part. And, um, and that was his basis. Yeah. Um, when, you know, when, when Joe talked about it, he said, 
um, as I dug into the Bible, he said, I looked at, at Jesus's life. He said, and, and the fact that he went to the cross for me to forgive me of my sins, he said, I knew, I knew that I had to forgive right. as well because he forgave me. Well, I have found out something, and this has just been recently over the last several months. And I think I mentioned this yesterday. I found uh, over the last several months, the more that I forgive, the less offended and frustrated I am. Because you're literally turning it over to God and allowing God to do the fighting for you. And, and I, and I really believe if we don't forgive, it fosters all kinds of feelings and emotions. It gives you hard heart. It gives you bitterness and you're angry and you, and you may be able to fake your friends and people around you. Right. But you know, you can't fake yourself. You can't fake and, yourself and you can't fake and God. You can't fake God. And yep. you know it because you're, you're restless inside. You're in turmoil inside constantly. And I'm not right. talking heavy hearted because, you know, those things I'm talking about. You're, you're in turmoil because you know things aren't right. You're not right with God. Exactly. And, um, so it's, uh, getting rid of the seed of unforgiveness, I think for us as a follower of Jesus Christ is probably going to be some of the most difficult things you're ever going to do. Exactly. Um, and that leads us to A. Number A. Number A. <laughs> Number A yeah. is an active obedience to God. And this is so important. Uh, Hebrews 3.15. Remember what it says. Today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. Now, mm-hmm. I just briefly mentioned yesterday that they're coming to the promised land. Yep. They send 12 spies to see what's going on. They find giants there, but 10 come back and they're freaked out. They're scared. We can't do this. We can't do this. It's too they're much. Huge. The they're huge. Joshua and Caleb, though, are not intimidated at all. They're like, no, we can do this. God's got this. God's promised. Basically, their attitude is like, if God says this God's, is ours, exactly. it's ours. God has already given it to us. He said he would be with us. Let's go. It's good. Let's do it now. But they went with the 10. Exactly. The majority ruled on that one, unfortunately. So um, they didn't go into the promised land because they were disobedient to God. And and I really believe with all of our hearts, my heart, that when we are not obedient to God, we can't expect to have the promises of God in mm-hmm. in our life because I think it unlocks the promises of God. And I think obedient. that's a great point, too, because if you read further in that, all of those other people died off yeah. before they went into the promised land. Exactly. Except who? Joshua, Joshua and Caleb. And Caleb. Right? They got to, I mean, Joshua led the people he into did. the promised land. He did. Um, and so, you know, I think because they were faithful, because they trusted God, um, they got to experience that promise. Exactly. And, um, cause you, you just have to be obedient to God. And this is hard because we mm-hmm. wrestle with this. We wrestle with this all the time. So I, I just put this, remember this, obedience is action. And, and you have to act on this. Correct. You have to do this. It's and one thing to say, I believe. It's one thing to say, I trust God, but. Exactly. Got to put it into action. Exactly. I said yesterday, I was like, you don't have to feel like being obedient to be obedient. You just have to do it. Exactly. That's the most important thing. It's like, I think you already mentioned this, but I don't always feel like going to the gym. What was more important, me going to the gym or right. not going to right. the gym? Well, going to the gym was more important because I actually got the workout in. Mm-hmm. If I didn't, it totally changes the whole scope um, of the day. So you don't have to feel like being obedient to literally be um, obedient. And we have to go against our feelings and emotions. Right. And I don't know how much more I've talked. I, I mean, I've talked about this so much over the last four four years that our feelings and emotions get us into all kinds of troubles. Because here's the thing: your feelings and emotions are just that. Right. They're 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 your feelings. But most of the time, your feelings are not like the facts. You know what I right. mean? It's not the factual things of what's going on. So you don't have to feel like doing it mm-hmm. to actually do it. Well, it's like um, Jesus asked the question. He told told the story about the the two brothers, the two sons, where the father asked them to go out and to um and to to work in in the vineyard or whatever it was. Right, right. I'm paraphrasing here. This is the BSV. And um, you know, the one son says no. Or he, the one son says, yes, I'll go, but he doesn't go. Right. And the other son says, no, I'm not going to go do that. But he then in turn goes and works like his father had asked yeah. him to. And so Jesus asked the question, which one, you know, was obedient? Mm-hmm. It was the one that even though he said he wasn't going to, went and did right, it. So, right. you know, it's kind of that whole uh, whole line of action, speak louder than words. Right. The one son said, oh, yeah, I'm going to go. I- I'll do that. Yeah. But did he? No. Yeah. So he wasn't obedient. No. Um. I even brought up Jesus yesterday. Yes. It was a great I mean, point. He, yeah. he he didn't feel like doing he it. <laughs> I mean, literally, he did. I mean, I don't want to do this. Right. And um, he could have walked away, but mm-hmm. he says in Luke twenty two forty two, Father, if you're willing, please take a, this cup of suffering away from me. You know what Jesus is saying? I don't feel like doing yeah. this. If there's any other way, God. Yeah. 
yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Right. So Jesus wasn't feeling it. Yeah. He wasn't feeling it at all, but he did it anyway. And I think with 100%, God is looking for obedience from, from mm-hmm. all of us. Mm-hmm. And how about Vadi? So good. You read You're going to have to read it because it's cut off. Is it cut off? It's cut off for me. So that's a shame. I only have about half of it. Okay, so here's Vadi. An object in motion tends to stay in motion. An object in rest tends to stay at rest. Being obedient to God sometimes will make you feel uncomfortable because God isn't trying to keep you comfortable. He's trying to grow you. Growth requires challenge and growth requires discomfort. Growth requires pruning for something new to grow. Mm. That's true. Yep. That's so true. And then we've talked about that. You know, it does provide challenges. It does provide discomfort. It, uh, you know, I don't like to be pruned. No, I've been pruned like down to the quick mm-hmm. here recently. So you pruned my hair last week. I did do that. And it's down to the that. quick. It yeah. was down. It'll to the grow quick. back though. It will more healthy than it's ever been. And gray. That too. Are <laughs> receptive. Go uh, Receptive to spiritual transformation. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, that's, you know, I, that's a big word, receptive. Um, but, but we have to be receptive. We have to allow that to take place. And that doesn't just take place on its own. No. Um, Ezekiel 36, 26 through 27 says, I will give you a what? New heart, new heart. And I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you. So that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. And I think the thing that you, you and I need to remember is that a hardened heart, a stony heart, is always resistant to change and growth. To God. right, right, you're just going to refuse to do it, and, and so you're not going to you're you're not going to forgive. You you're you're going to be prideful, so you're not going to change and grow. If you if you're living in pride and you got unforgiveness, mm-hmm. there's no way under the sun that you can get close to God. It's just not going to happen. But God promises a new heart. Um, of change when it's soft. Right. And so we just have to be soft to allow God to move us. Exactly. To take us to, to where we, where we need to, where we need to be. So, um, I just, um, I think sometimes, I don't know about you. We have a, sometimes we think that God can't use us because we've done too mm-hmm. much or we may have, you know, been involved in something we shouldn't have been involved in. Right. Or we've slipped up and we've fallen. So God can never use me. Mm-hmm. Use me. So that's not the truth. Uh, I truly believe that as long as you are living and breathing, God has something for you. Exactly. I mean, if you fell off the wagon last night, get back, you know, get mm-hmm. off, get back to where you need to go, yep. walk toward God, let God use you for whatever you need to be. And I said yesterday, I said, remember this, that God is a fixer, and not only is he a fixer, he can make all things new, including you. Yeah. And, and my picture of this is that God picks up the broken pieces of our life, and he puts them back together, but you don't see the flaws that you he makes it new. Exactly. It's like brand spanking new. He gives you a, a new life, a new heart, mm-hmm. a new spirit in you. I mean, it's, and, and the Bible is, is full of, of people as examples of this, but you know, we talked about Paul. Right. You know, and, and Paul went from persecuting Christians to be one of the biggest proponents of the gospel that there's ever been. Go figure. Um, you look at Moses. Um, Moses kills a guy. Moses, yeah. you know, like God still, Moses yep. didn't want to do it. Moses is like, oh, I'm not a good speaker. He tried and tried and tried to get God to pick somebody else, but God still used him even with his his flaws. I mean, and you look through the entirety of the Bible, um, you know, he he took broken people, yeah, and he he made them that new creation so that they could be used by by him. Exactly. Uh, you read one of my favorite verses I yesterday. Um, second Corinthians five, 17 and 18. And I think 18 is just as important. This is another one oh, of yeah. those where I think we get so hung up on 17, oh, yeah. but 18 is just as important. Oh yeah. So verse 17 says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Verse 18 says, and all of this is because you did it. Oh wait, no, that's not what it says. It says all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ and God has given us the ta- this task of reconciling people to him. That is a good verse. And, and awesome. so, you know, yes, new creation, old life gone, new life is here. But guess what? It's nothing that I did for that. Nope. All of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And it's, and it's for a purpose. To reconcile people to him. Back to God. Yep. If we're not doing that. 
Correct. I don't know what we're doing. And that brings us to T. It's the transforming love of Christ. And we have to understand this. This is so important. First Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. This is so important. Yes. You do not belong to you. For God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. And so that's what makes, you know, my body, my choice so stupid. Right. It's not your body. If you're a Christian, God bought you with a price. Your body and your, your spirit belong to God. And so we have to understand that. So when you're just like, you know, I can't change. Well, yes, you can because you're, you've been bought with a price. Exactly. You don't, I can't forgive because you don't know what they did to me. You don't, no, you can because you've been bought with a high price. You do not belong to you. You, you belong to God. Exactly. So you have to do what God tells you to do. Yep. And then uh, you read this from John fifteen twelve through 13. Jesus says, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And that's what Jesus did. Yep. And that's, that's the love that he, um, that he, that he gave to us. Yep. And, and I think that's the ultimate act of love. Yes. I mean, that's the act of forgiveness. And it was given to us by Jesus dying on the cross of Calvary. And then, you know, um, <clears throat> John three sixteen, you know, and whosoever believes in him is not going to perish, but have everlasting life. That's yep. because of what he did. Exactly. And so when you look to... at that, I mean, you look at Jesus hanging on the cross, talking about that idea of forgiveness. What does Jesus pray to God? Father, forgive them. And, you know, even in the moment where he's suffering, oh he's looking at the people who have nailed him there, and he's like, man, they don't even know what they're doing. God, just forgive them. That would them. be hard. Right? I'd be like, God, zap them dead. Exactly. Are, they have, they're, they're crazy. Exactly. They're crazy. Romans six twenty three the wages of sin is death and this is this verse always gets to me because you know your wage is what you do is what you get paid for so your payment for your sin you should be mm-hmm. serving time in hell exactly but it's not but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord correct and this is what makes what Jesus Christ did so absolutely perfect because this gets me to the place is that you know what. How can I not forgive? How can I live in pride? How can I, how can I do anything against God? Now I'm not saying I'm not going to mess up. Right. Cause I'm not perfect. Right. But God's always going to bring me back and my exactly. heart's going to be, I'm going to have a soft heart so God can get me to a place that, that, that I need to be. So. Yeah. And we've talked about it before, but you know, that free gift, we still have to open it. Yeah. It takes, it takes action. Yeah. And so we have to open it and we have to use it for his glory, not for ours. And that's, that's really hard to do because a lot of times we're all about us. Correct. So, so yeah, good stuff. And um, next week uh, we're going to talk about truth and the mind and how truth and the mind goes together and mm-hmm. how the mind is the battleground for your life. And so I'm hoping that uh, you guys will come and bring your families and see what's going on. So um, just a couple announcements here. We got the What We Believe class coming up, and it's coming up on March 3rd, 10th, and 17th. It's going to be at 1030 on Sundays. Um, if you've never been to this class um, or you want to go back through it or you're new, um, you can uh, register or sign up at richwood.church forward slash sign up, and um, we'll be able to prepare, you know, how much information or what do you call it? Um, materials that we yeah, need. Materials. And so this is a three week class. I think you guys will enjoy it. Tell you everything you need to know about uh, the Christian church. So uh, we got the parking lot repair. So remember that. And um, you can give to that. You can go to our website, get to Giveify, or you can give here at church. And so we got a lot of stuff going on. We have kids on mission during the month of February and March where RCC kids are going to be working for Barefruit Ministry to help support a men's three-day weekend coming up in March. Uh, the mission is to collect drinks. It's water bottles and two-liter bottles of pop, Sprite, Mountain Dew, Pepsi, root beer, Coke, Diet Coke. I'm thirsty now. And raise money, $125 to, to, um, to pay for one meal, which is pizza, which will feed 25 men. Uh, kids have already collected 2254. How about that? There you go. They're on their way in just one week. So they're focused on, on this target. So, um, hopefully we'll, uh, uh, 12246 to go. No, 100 Yeah. So they're getting close. I can so, do math. Yeah. There you go. Fly. So yeah. Yeah. A week from tomorrow. Yes, mm-hmm. is the night of prayer. Night of prayer. Yep, night of prayer. You're right. Oh, on the 13th, February 13th. That's crazy. The night before Valentine's Day. That is right. But Valentine's Day at your house is special. Not really, because my wife's birthday is the next day. 
I bet that day is special. It is. She's special. So she is. What? Why, are you, why are you looking at me like that? I, I, no. Does she like your shoes? She doesn't care. She doesn't care for them? No. Nah, she, she just doesn't care. Oh, she doesn't care. Yeah, it's like my hair. Like when I cut my hair, I'm like, hey, I think I'm going to do this. She was like, it's your hair. I don't care. So here's how I'll know. If she starts calling you doofus, then what? <laughs> what if she already calls me doofus? Yeah, there you go. Now I got the shoes to match, right? Exactly. <laughs> That's why I bought them. <laughs> I'm going to take a Sharpie and write D in front of them. You should. You should. Oh, my goodness. So, well, I hope you have a good week. Thank you. You too. Hope you all listening to have a good week. Yep. And um, hope you guys come and join us Sunday for worship. It uh, should be a great day. And um, it's always good to get together and worship. It is. And yes, it is. Praise God. Good spirit. Mm-hmm. So, potluck. Still recovering, but it was great. I know. I'm going to have to go see if there's any pulled pork left. I think there is. Yeah, I'm going to have to get me some of that. I think there is. Well, good deal. Well, thanks again for listening. Thank you, Craig. Um, Great job. And we will uh, catch you next week on Grounded. Grounded.